You know, in Yiddish, we have permission to, to make drushes from Yiddish in this week's Parsha because the tzaddikim in this week's Parsha have a whole drasha on the word vayigash. On the word vayigash. You see that the vayigash is the Rishatevos. That when a Jew is in pain, gewalt shrai, gimoshin, gewalt shrai. They, they scream gewalt. So we have, we have permission to make joshes. In the, in the base measure of Pshischa, they made joshes on Rosh Tevos. So Dafka and this week's parasha, the tzaddikim are giving us permission. You know, Yehuda, Yehuda, the name Yehuda, in Yiddish, so Yehuda always goes with Leib. Yehuda Leib. Yehuda Leib. It's because Yehuda is the king. Yehuda... It's the king. The Rambam writes that the king is the heart of the Jewish people. Aleb is a is a lion. Yehuda is a lion. Yehuda Leib. So, entirely being loved the Chavemes, Vayigash Elav Yehuda. All the tzaddikim are explaining the same way. Vayigash Elav Yehuda is not clear who he's approaching. Vayigash Elav, it could have said Vayigash El Yosef. The simple interpretation is that Yehuda didn't know yet who he was talking to, you know. Yosef didn't yet reveal himself. He approached Elav, this mysterious man. But on a deeper level, the truth is that he was approaching this man, he was approaching Yosef, Vayigash Elav Yehuda, him, meaning Yosef. Vayigash Elav Yehuda, Yehuda was approaching a love, the Rabboni Shalom. Vahigash, a love Yehuda. Yehuda approaches the Rabboni Shalom. He approaches him, the capital H him. And he says, Be Adoni, please, my master. Adoni, he's talking to Hashem. Be Adoni. And of course, Vayigash Elav Yehuda is Yehuda approaching himself. Vayigash Elav Yehuda. Yehuda approached himself. So here in this one Pasuk, we have Yehuda, the heart, the king of the Jewish people, like the Ramam says, which is the lab, which is the heart, the lab of the entire Am, approaching Hashem, approaching his brother, approaching himself. The greatest sickness that exists in the world is when the heart is unable to approach any of these things. Just the Parshios itself, the Shlach Kadosh says that if a person is stuck, they don't have any svarim, they don't know what to say, they don't have any connection to, you know, they don't have anything fancy to say. Stuck in traffic, driving to work. You could just say, Bereshis Noach Lechacha Vayer told us, you just say the names of the Parshios. Aga Vayigash Vayechi, we're leaving Eretz Yisrael. And there are Yidin who are trying so desperately to get to Eretz Yisrael. Chassam Sofer said that if you look, the word Eretz Yisrael appears so many times in the Torah because it always talks about Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael over and over again. 
in the Torah because just saying Eretz Yisrael, just saying the words Eretz Yisrael, Hashem knew that by putting in the Torah the words Eretz Yisrael over and over again, that that would be Mechaya, the Jewish people throughout exile. Saying the names of the parshas, Vayigash. Vayigash means to approach. When there's a constriction, when there's an inability to approach Hashem, when a person feels far from Hashem, when a person feels awkward and doesn't know what to say to Hashem, they're given a few moments. I saw on the, on the poster, going on this trip with, uh, with Rav Nuriel. So there's a time there that's set aside for doing some hispodidus. It's good, hispodidus is normally something that a person does on their own, not done in a group, but even when it's done in a group, it's also all hispodidus is good hispodidus by me. <laughs> and um, a, person, a person goes to do hispodidus and they, and they start trying to open their mouth to Hashem. A gash elav Yehuda, a Jew approaches God. Elav, him, capital H. And they feel like they don't know what to say. So this is the beginning of exile. The, the parsha that starts Vayigash Elav Yehuda. The Jew turns to Hashem, and they feel a certain sense of, you know, feel a certain sense of distance. They say, "Bi Adoni." They turn to Hashem in this state of exile, and they say. I don't think anyone ever said this pshat before. I certainly never said this pshat before. I never thought of it until literally two seconds ago. Ki kamocha kaparo. That's what the Pasuk says. Ki kamocha kaparo. Simple interpretation. He's turning to Yosef and he's saying, you have the power like paro. No, do something. But a Jew turns vayigash elav Yehuda. Yehudi turns elav Tashem. And he says, Rabbon Shalom, bi Adoni. This is how you daven a Pasuk. He says, bi Adoni. My master, please, ki kamocha keparo. My relationship with you is like a relationship with paro. You took me out of Egypt. And now I'm a slave to, I was a slave to paro, and now I'm a slave to you. And it feels just as bad. And I feel just as forced to do things that I don't want to do. I'm not able to taste the sweetness of batel ritzon chalifne ritzono, of being mavatal my ratzon in front of your ratzon because I, re- I recognize that really everything that you're asking me to do in the Torah is my deepest, my deepest and most sweet will being revealed to me. Please, I feel in my relationship with you. And the heart turns to Hashem and says, Ki kaparo, and pleads to Hashem, I don't know how to speak to you. Teach me to, to speak words of real tefillah, to really talk to you. To, to speak in a way where dvar ba'azni, ba'azni adoni, that where, where I'm speaking into your ears. Let me know that when I speak, the words aren't just reverberating off the walls a little bit. Or, and two seconds later, the whole thing goes quiet. I don't know, did Hashem hear me? Did you hear me? Did you not hear me? Don't 
don't be upset at me because the way that it feels right now is kamocha kapara. It feels like you're so distant from me. Chazal have in this parsha that Yosef Atzadik and Yehuda. This is found in many svarim. It's already found the antecedents of this are found in Chazal. That Yosef Atzadik is kuchabrichu, so to speak, is standing in for the tzadik. The tzadik, the tzadik haolam is not Yosef is a person, but Hashem is the tzadik. Hashem is the true tzaddik. And Yehuda is Knesset Yisrael, is the Shechina. It means that when the Jew, when a Jew, when a Yehudi, Vayigash, love Yehuda, when a Jew approaches Hashem and says, Hashem, let my words go into your ears. I don't feel like when I daven, I don't feel like you're hearing me. I don't feel like, maybe big tzaddikim you're hearing, but I don't feel like you're hearing me. Don't be so upset with me. Kikamocha kaparo. So it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. It happens very quickly that Yosef reveals himself to the brothers. It happens very quickly that Hashem reveals himself to you. The first step, like Rabbi Nachman said, in his book, is the first step of talking to Hashem. And you don't have to wait to go into a forest or to, you know, to do it like, they, like you see in the movies or something, like in Shushpizen or in like one of these movies where you have like the guy who goes to the forest and he's clapping his hands like this. You could do this. You could do this in your room. You could do this on your way back from the base Medrash. You could do this at the Kotel, you could do this wherever you are. You could do this right now in the middle of Shir. No one's looking at you. Lights are off. And when a Jew turns to Hashem and says, Bi Adoni, Olam, please. Ki kapar, my relationship with you is so far, I'm so far from you. So then, we have this first interpretation of Ayigash, I love Yehuda. Yehuda, a Jew, turns to Hashem and speaks to Hashem and says, my relationship with you, Hashem, is like so far. Yosef reveals himself. The tzaddik, Hashem, lahavdel, being a person, reveals himself. And then sometimes, a Jew approaches his fellow Jews. The next he, 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 there could also be a reference to Yosef. He doesn't know who he's referring to. But he's, he's, he's approaching this person. And he knows there's something about this person. He's already gone back. He says, I don't understand who this fellow is. But he has the same kochos that we have. Yehuda understands that this person is not a Stam Egyptian person. person wants to approach his fellow Jew and he says... That there's distance between him and, and, and another Jew. So first of all, how, how is there distance between one Jew and another Jew? Between one type of Jew, Khalila, to even speak in such words, and another type of Jew? Like I've mentioned before in years past, Lav Dafka and this week's Parsha, maybe I even said it this year, I don't think I did. The Baba Sali, whose Yerzeit is this week, maybe even today, I'm not sure. The Baba Sali, was used to go to the mikvah regularly in a mikvah that was deep, deep, deep in the ground. He dug it himself, deep in the ground, freezing cold winters. And his Rebetzin was not happy about it. Already when he was older, just to walk up and down the steps to get into the mikvah. It was like a deep, he would walk down like 25 steps into the ground, dug a deep hole in the ground. And then he would have to walk up. Even that, for an old man, that's like not so simple to walk up and down so many steps. But then on top of that, frozen, you know, freezing cold mikvah. And at one time happened that somebody called. 
uh, into the Babsa. The Babsa lived not that long ago. So there's, and they said that there's a, there's a woman who's having trouble giving birth. She's, uh, she's having trouble delivering the child, and her life is in danger. The baby's life is in danger. And, and you have to do something. You have to daven. So the Baba Sali went down out to his mikvah to daven. That's what he used to always do. He'd go to the mikvah. He went down to the mikvah, and he went into the mikvah, and he's in there. One minute, two minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes, not underwater. <laughs> Although, there's other stories about the Baba Sali. You know, one minute, two minutes, five minutes. Tw- he's in the mikvah for 20 minutes, an old man, freezing cold. And the Rebetzin sends word, like, you have to come out. This is dangerous for your health. And the Baba Sali is not coming out. And the Shamish comes to the Baba Sali and says to the Baba Sali, listen to this carefully, because this is the whole story. Says to the Baba Sali, but Rebbe, she's not even from our camp. She's not one of us. What does that mean? Huh? She wasn't uh, Moroccan or she wasn't, I don't know exactly what he meant. She wasn't Sephardi, she was Ashkenazi, she wasn't even religious. I don't know. She wasn't, uh, I have no idea what, what, camp, what did he, was he talking about. And the Baba Sali looked at him with fire in his eyes. He said, not from our camp? A Jewish woman is having difficulty, it's not from our camp. He said, I swear to you, I'm not coming out of this mikvah until either the baby is born or the whole story is over and they, and, you know, and chas v'shalom, that's, that's the only way I'm coming out. Until there's a birth or chalila, the opposite, I'm not going to say, I'm not coming out of this mikvah. And he stayed in the mikvah until she gave birth to a healthy baby boy. That's the story about the Baba Sali. How does it start, chas v'shalom, that a person sees they're not able to approach other Jews, that you have to come to this Vayigash Elav Yehuda, that a Jew has to come to another Jew. Ki kamocha kaparo. Paro is osios perra. Speak bad words about each other. We start putting each other in different boxes and different labels, and we start to say, this person is like this, and this is a, this person's Hasidish, and this person's like modern Orthodox, and this person's Reform, and this person's conservative, and this person's, there's something called the Jew, period. When Yehuda comes, a love to him. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your role is. I don't care. You look like an Egyptian. I don't care what you are. And again, Yosef reveals himself. Is it possible? Is it possible? Is it possible that yesterday... Just within the past 24, 48 hours, Hashem Yerachim, there was a Jewish woman who was walking in Yerushalayim, Yer Kodesh, together with her five children, 25, 26 years old. Is it possible that none of you heard about that? Or if you did hear about it, you didn't check to see what her name is? Is that such a thing as possible? Kikamocha kaparo, as if just like something happened to Paro, we, would we wouldn't look into it so much. It's possible a person has a little bit of free time. A person in a year or two or four from now is going to be in college and they have a free moment, a free period, and they check, they go online to check, to check the latest political news or ESPN or something and they don't go to check what's going on with the Jewish people. To see what's going on with Moria Kohn, Baruch Hashem's doing okay. Even though she had a knife in her back yesterday while she was walking her five children in Yerushalayim. When a Jew approaches another Jew, ah, but, but, 
she's Chardal, and I'm modern Orthodox, or he's this and I'm this. When we turn to each other and we say, I want to speak into your ears, tell me about who you are. What's the good that I can bring out from you? Every single Jew, we just had Hanukkah, every single Jew has something, has an akuda. Tzadok writes that every Yid, individually, forget about every group, for sure, every group, every group, every group, every single group, has something to teach all the other groups. Rav Tzadok said that every Jew has an akuda of Malchus, of this Yehuda. Every Jew has an akuda of Malchus inside of them, that in that particular akuda, they are the Melech of the Jewish people in that area. Melech of the Jewish people in that area, in that talent, in that chachma, in that way of looking at the world, in that Indian, every shorosh and neshama of a single of every Jew is a melech in a certain area. When we when we approach each other, when the Yehudi comes and starts to care and recognizes and is willing to admit and to acknowledge, kikamocha kaparo. I've been, I've been living in this place of perav, speaking badly by the Jews and treating you like you're just some foreigner. Like we're in competition with each other. So then, again, Yosef reveals himself. And a Jew with himself, Ve'gashel of Yehuda, When a Jew finally confronts himself, when a Jew finally confronts himself and says, what, what, what have I been up to? Like Rav Cook talks about tshuva pitomis, like a lightning bolt that all of a sudden lights up the night sky, you're walking in the forest. And you finally get to catch a glimpse of yourself without any of the defense mechanisms. And this is the most terrifying one of all in some ways. He recognizes, like the tzaddikim say, Svasemes and Imreemes, Bi Adoni. Yehuda approaches himself and he recognizes Yud and Hey and Vav and Hey is inside of me. Bi Adoni. My God is inside of me. The name of God is inside of me. Can I recognize for a minute? the words that I myself am saying. Do I hear my own voice? Do I hear my own... Do I hear the way that I talk? <coughs> On two levels, do I hear the way that I talk? I'm literally carrying, you know, I've shared this before in, in, in Chumash class, in the, in the Chumash class that we have together. So there's a Torah from the Oiv Yisrael of Apt, the Vishnu Tzarebi. Excuse me, the Ohav Yisrael of Av Apt, the Apt of, not the Ohav Yisrael of Vishnitz. The Ohav Yisrael of Apt explained that every time a person speaks, very quickly, every time a person speaks, they're creating the Shem Havaya, they're creating the name Yudke Vavke, Bi Adoni. They begin with a thought, the seminal thought, which corresponds to the Osiyud, this drop, this flash of inspiration, something which is from the world of Machshava, the Yud is floating above the line in the, in the Torah. And then that thought descends into my, into, my, into my heart, 
meaning to say, have a will to speak it out. And then my heart with the four chambers and the aorta, that's the hay of Hashem's name, pumps blood throughout the body, allowing my body to be able to do what it does, all the different limbs to move. And I take that oxygen that's being pumped through the body, and through that I bring it into my lungs and send it up through the windpipe, so I can speak. The windpipe, which has six rings, that's the vav, says the of Yisrael. And then I send it out through my mouth, which is the final hay of Hashem's name, the five motzahos hapeh, the five different parts of speech. The teeth and the tongue and the... Speak to a good speech therapist, I'll tell you, there's five different parts of speech. The linguals and the dentals and the labials and all different, all the different parts of speech, five different parts. Every time a person speaks, they're speaking the word of Hashem when a Jew finally recognizes. When a Jew approaches himself and says, I am carrying, like the Alter Rebbe of Lubavitch said, that when a Jew takes their head and puts it somewhere where it shouldn't be, their machshava, their thoughts, in a place where it shouldn't be, it's like taking the king with his crown and giving him, you know, like they, like they do in the, in the public schools, at least in the movies, you know, where they put the guy's head in the toilet and they flush the toilet. Hashem Yerachim. When a person recognizes, Bi'adoni, my mouth, every time I speak a word, no matter what that word is, Bi'adoni, I am carrying the name of Hashem inside of me. And I start to look at myself, and I say, am I hearing the words that I'm saying? For a teacher of Torah, this is especially a dangerous thing. Am I listening to my own words? Am I listening to my own words every single day? Teaching Torah, you're teaching Torah to each other, you're learning together. We're sharing each other with each other our vision of what we think the world ought to look like. Are we hearing the words that we're saying? And to the degree that we're able to do this, when a Jew approaches Hashem, when a Jew approaches other Jews, when a Jew approaches himself, and is able to be honest and to be present in that place and to really open it up, to have real Diburim Shal Emes, so that's when Yosef begins to reveal himself. That's when things become okay. Hashem reveals himself. We start to see other Yidin and how we can learn from them. We start to see ourselves, and even though in the beginning maybe it's a little bit painful, but again, like Rav Kuk writes in Oris HaTshuva in the third parak, he's talking about uh, different styles of Tshuva in the second parak, the third parak, that, that recognition itself, that feeling itself of of biadoni, you know, the Rabboni Shalom is supposed to be in me, and, and how am I using that? So this itself is the beginning of Tshuva, is the beginning of the healing. So leiv tahor barayi lekim, Hashem should help to, to make our hearts pure, to serve Him with purity, to be like Yehuda the King, who is the Lev Kola Am. Shama, I am a 
started uh, looking at Shnai uh, Mikra for the um, for the Parsha so I got an interesting question I've been thinking about since this morning there's different ways of trying to reconcile when the Torah counts the 70 souls that went down with Yaakov to Mitzrayim so a proper counting of the 70 souls that went down to Mitzrayim reveals that there are only 69, there's not 70. So there's different interpretations that we find, again, already in Chazal, but then in the Rishonim, also in the Sifrei Chasidus, the Sifrei Pnimius, how to deal with this. So some Rishonim already say that, I don't know, that if you read the Pesukim carefully, it says that there were 69 that went down with Yaakov, and when it refers to this Shivim Nefesh, that refers to it as Beis Yaakov, which includes Yaakov himself, obviously. It's a simple interpretation. Rashi writes that it's not so simple to say that because if you count by Leah, when it refers to the descendants of Leah, because it goes through each of the mothers, when it refers to the descendants of Leah, so it counts there that there are 33 descendants of Leah. But in truth, there's only 32. So the problem must reside in the house of Leah, not with Yaakov. 
could say Yaakov and Leah. At this point, Rachel was already Teres, the Iker bias. Keres bias, Leah, Yaakov, you could say that. So Rashi quotes from Chazal that the meaning of this mysterious missing person is Yochever. That Yochever was born Bein Achomos. She was born in between Eretz Yisrael and Mitzrayim. Like at passport control, you know? They were like, uh, Okay, everyone passports, and Leah's like, uh, I think I need a minute here. Leah gave birth to Yochaved right as they were entering into Mitzrayim. Now, aside from the fact, which we won't go into right now, that the Ibn Ezra and the Ramban speak at length about this, it's a whole discussion, that if Yochaved was born as we were entering into Mitzrayim, we were in Mitzrayim for 210 years. Moshe Rabbeinu was 80 years old when we took the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim. That means that Moshe Rabbeinu was born when Yochevet was 130. And the Torah fails to mention this tremendous miracle. Uh, when Sarri Menu gives birth to Yitzchak, that is cause for all types of whistles and bells because she was 90. This is a 130-year-old woman and you have the Torah. So the Ibn Ezra says, come on, he's trying to, what are you trying to say? The Ramban takes the Ibn Ezra to task, calls them all types of names, gets, gets labeled there. What's the Omek Apshah? What's Rashi trying to tell us? So the Helege Chernovitzer, the Bermaim Chaim, Chaim Chernovitzer explained that Hashem is telling us Yocheved is the mother of the Redeemer. Yochavid is the one who's going to give birth to Moshe Rabbeinu. And before the Jewish people are able to enter into Mitzrayim, it has to be that Hashem already put into place the Makor of the Yeshua, the source of where the salvation is going to come from. The Gemara tells us in Megillah, Hikdim Rafua Lamaka, Hashem always places the Rafua before the Maka. Hashem always places the salvation before the patch. Before there's a patch, Hashem gives the salvation already from the beginning. Thank you. Sorry for running. That's okay. Hashem always gives the Yeshua before he gives the... He made the mute button before he made the... So... Um, Hashem always creates the refuel before there's the makkah, before the Jewish people, as the Jewish people are entering into time, it's dafka there. That's what the Berman Chaim is saying. It's not, oh, it's a coincidence that she dafka gave birth to this child as they're entering into time. No, at the last moment, as they're about to enter into Golos, the source of the gula is already created. The place of the gula has already been created. This is what Chazal Minun, the Mashiach, is born on Tishabav, on the day that the Bismitish is destroyed already. The seeds have been planted for the gula to come. And this is always the way it is. Every time there's a difficulty in an individual person's life, in the life of the nation, cosmically, Hashem already places the way out before the problem even begins to arise. The Munas Chabalelos, we're just singing the words of the Munas Chabalelos, 
I don't usually give perushim on the songs they're singing. It turns out today that seems to be the Indian. That's not the, that's not the regular. Munas Chabalelos. person has faith in the night. Not just that everything is going to be okay, but that, th- that whatever it is that's going to be the source of the salvation already is here. Think about, the, think about what we were just talking about a second ago about, about Yosef and, and Yehuda. Literally the source of all of Yehuda's problems. The source of all of Yehuda's problems, what he thinks to be the source of all of his problems, is Mamish the Yeshua, is the salvation, is Yosef. There's a Torah from the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov said, Ki oivecha Hashem. Tehillim, Ki oivecha Hashem. We have this, <laughs> a Talmidah of mine. <laughs> A very, a very remarkable Talmidah of mine, an artist. I don't know if anybody knows the great name. It's, it's, it's practically Segula to say his name for all types of good things. If anyone knows Yaakov Farachi, who was, uh, who's here, it's good to say his name from Yerushalayim. So Yaakov's sister, Dear Talmidah, made for, we have it hanging in our sukkah every year. This picture of the, these words from Tehillim put over in amazing color over a black and white ocean of waves kind of like coming in. That she took a picture of the waves and then she put this. These... So I, I once shared this teaching with her so she felt very connected to this and I, this. Stayed with me very strong when I was when I was ill when I was not well. David Melch said to him, "For behold, your enemies, Hashem, all of your enemies, behold, your enemies will be destroyed, Hashem." A classic David Melch to him, Hashem, anyone who starts up with you is going to be destroyed. Behold, your enemies, Hashem, your enemies will all be destroyed. Says the Bashem to Vakadosh. Give me a second to explain it because it sounds a little heretical at first. Says the Bashem Hashem. For behold, when your enemy is Hashem, Hashem. When you recognize that that which is seeming to be blocking you, when you see that that which is cumbersome in your Avodos Hashem, in your economic status, in your emotional state, when you see that when you see that the sickness that's, that's plaguing you right now is Hashem, meaning to say what? Let me explain why it's not heretical. Not that Hashem is your enemy, but that when you call the bluff, as soon as you recognize that that scary, you know, clown mask, you know, in the horror film, is really, this is not a horror film at all, it's actually, it's just, it's your, your, your brother or your father, better yet, you know, and, he, and you know that under there is your father, and you know, it's just, he's just, just messing with you, it's just, it's, just, it's a poor mask, you know. When you call the bluff, when you could point to the enemy, whatever the enemy is, or the enemy is sickness, or the enemy is, is, is your IQ, or whether the enemy is the nudnik sitting next to you who doesn't stop bothering you when you're trying to pay attention in morning seder. Or whether the enemy is yourself and you're the nudnik who's doing it to yourself, whatever it is. When you recognize, Hashem, you gave me this, you gave me this, this struggle, this koach, 
to, to, you're giving me this challenge. So then the moment that you do that, says the Baal Shem Tov, then your enemy is immediately disarmed. It doesn't mean always, chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom, it should always be revealed good. That's the way the, that's the way that Sadiqim always daven. They say that it should be revealed good. It shouldn't just be that, what I'm going to explain right now. It doesn't always mean, doesn't mean that as soon as you call the bluff and you say, oh, Hashem, you're the one who's causing this problem, then all of a sudden, you know, the, the company that you invested in that had a big fall is going to turn right around, or the sickness is just going to, you're going to go back for another scan, and psh, maybe by big tzaddikim they're able to do that. But it means, as soon as you call the, the bluff, as soon as you point and you say, this struggle that I'm having, this difficulty that I'm having right now, I know this is you, Hashem, then you disarm the teeth. Even before you're saved, even before the salvation comes, even before the, the enemy disappears, immediately, then you have the koach to be able to be mitmoded with it. You have the ability to kind of like flow with it. Because you know that Hashem is the one who's pulling all the levers. And as much as, as much as, you say, oh, but if I say that Hashem is always doing it, then I'll be angry at Hashem. It's not true, because when a person really knows what Hashem is, and really knows that Hashem is the one who's making this struggle, you know that the struggle that Hashem gave you is tailor-made for you to be able to be Megala in you, the greatest, the greatest Yeshua. That buried, like, like again, like Rav Tzadok writes, that buried beneath your worst Midah is, is, is the highest level of being able to perfect, perfect that Midah. You know that we're not anywhere near Shmos yet, but the Zohar Kadosh writes, as we're entering that into Mitzrayim now, Jewish people are entering into Mitzrayim. There's no break at the end of this parsha. Vayigash goes right into Vayichi without any break. Normally there's a break in between. Rashi writes very famously, there's no, there's no space. You usually have nine spaces. So this parsha we don't have between Vayigash and Vayichi, there's no space. It just goes straight in. Why? Because like normally the space is there to give you a moment to like catch your breath and breathe. When the Germans, when the Nazis are, are, are telling you to get out to the, to the, to the platform because they're going to ship you off, you don't have a moment to breathe, to catch your breath, to, to figure out what you want to bring with you, the two items you're going to you know, put in your bag to take with you. When you're going down to Mitzrayim, everything is happening so quickly. It's like stuffed up. And we toch that in that moment when the Jewish people are entering into Mitzrayim, Yochebed is being born. Already the salvation is, being, is happening. It's already happening. And you recognize, like Rav Moshe Wolfson writes, and other tzaddikim write, that you know why there's no break in between the parshios? Listen how beautiful this is. This is the difference between looking at the enemy and saying the enemy is just some external force that's like against me. Versus recognizing the enemy, Kivyachal, is Hashem. Hashem is the one who's pulling all the strings. Why is there no break in between Vayigash and Vayichi? Because Vayigash, in the beginning of Parshat Vayigash, where is, where is uh, Yaakov Avinu? He's in Eretz Yisrael. He's in, he's in Eretz Canaan. He's in Eretz Yisrael. And even though by the end of the Parsha and into Vayichi, he's going to be in Mitzrayim, he's going to die in Mitzrayim. It says Ramosh Wolfson, Sayyidah Sadiqim, Hashem wanted to make a, a word bridge 
back to Eretz Yisrael. But there shouldn't be a break. If there would be a break, then it would be, that was Eretz Yisrael, this is Mitzrayim. But Hashem already wanted there to be that you could climb back through the letters of the Torah all the way back to Eretz Yisrael. But there shouldn't be a break in the Golos and the Geula, that there's still some chibor between the two of them. This gives the person of Amunas Chabalelos, it gives us strength in the Golos to know that the darkness itself, so I'm saying the Zohar Kadosh, lost myself here, the Zohar Kadosh says that, what was the, why did Hashem send us to, you know, we could, we could have all these different things, you know, we're so grateful to the Rabbana Shalom Hashem, you took us out of Egypt, Anochi Hashem Lokecha, Sheretzisichem Eretz Yisraim, you, I am Hashem, who took you out of Mitzrayim. You're also Hashem, who put us in Mitzrayim. I am Hashem, who saved you from T-cell lymphoma. Also Hashem, who gave me T-cell lymphoma. When a Jew looks with proper eyes, with eyes of Amuna, when a Jew looks with proper eyes, so they recognize that Hashem gives every single thing in order to bring about something else. You have to be a Navi to know exactly how. You have to be the Zohar Kadosh to do what the Zohar is about to do. For me, I can't say. For me, I could say. Maybe I could say. Maybe I could say. Maybe I could say my relationship with Eretz Yisrael, my relationship with my wife and my children wouldn't be the same if I didn't go through that. Maybe I wouldn't have been able to write a safer. I had so much time to be able to do that. A million other things that I don't have time to go into right now, Yeshuos and Rafuos that came out of that. To do that for another person is to do that in global events, you have to be a Navi. That's why when, when rabbis get together and they start to talk about why this is happening, why that's happening, it's a little, sometimes a little dangerous. But the Zohar Kaddosh says, looking backwards, the Zohar Kaddosh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Rabbi Shimon and the Chavraya in the Zohar Kaddosh explained that the reason the Jewish people go into Mitzrayim, I am Hashem who took you out of Mitzrayim, is because I am Hashem, who you think is your enemy, I'm making this situation, but it's all to bring out something so amazing. Says the Zohar Kadosh, that the Mitzrim worked us, Bechomer, Ubelveinim, Bechol Avadash, Abesadeh, Avodas Parach. They worked us with all these different things, with Bechomer, Ubelveinim, with mortar and with, and with bricks. Work in the field, Avodas Parach, backbreaking labor. Says the Zohar Kadosh, Chomer, What's chomer? What's mortar? What's the chomer? Da kal v'chomer. What's chomer? Chomer is kal v'chomer. What's levenim? Da libuna dehilchasa. This is the, the whitening of halacha, the ability to sift through a million different opinions and get to kol avodah all the work in the field, outside. Outside? The Brisa, this is the Brisios, which are outside of the Mishnah. Kol avadas parach, that's a pircha, that's the ability to ask a good question and learning. The Jewish people, the work ethic of the Jewish people, the, the diligence in Torah study, the ability to, to work hard in Torah study, says the Zara Kadosh. The Jewish people's ability to, after 2000, says like my 20th time saying this this week, in 2021, almost 2022, for the Jewish people to still be saying Amar Rava, and still be saying Amar Abaye, and still be saying these, takes a certain stubbornness that can only be born in the hellfires of Egypt, in the constricted state of, of Mitzrayim, of Mitzarim, of Mitzrayim. 
And so it's true that we don't understand and we can't say that this happened for this. But we can look at it and we can say that that mitoch mitoch the difficulty from within the place of constriction the Rabboni Shalom is already sowing the seeds of Geula. Yochevet is already born as we're entering into Mitzrayim. To tell us that the whole reason I'm putting you into this situation, when you recognize that Hashem is your enemy, that He's the one who is standing behind that scary mask that looks like an enemy, that it takes all the teeth, all the claws, all the sharpness, all the bitterness out of the things that are plaguing us in life because we recognize that Hashem is fearing the veil. Hashem is ruling the world and He's doing it in a way which is bringing us closer and closer to the redemption. Da 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 da.
Down to Mitzrayim. And Yosef Atali gives them a place to live in Eretz Mitzrayim, Eretz Goshna. So, of course, you know, in many weeks, Vayigash falls out in the middle of Hanukkah. Because Hanukkah we already had this week, it's touched Vayigash. Goshna, you know, Bnei Saskar wrote so much about this. Goshna is the letters on the dreidel. Even in, in Eretz Yisrael, I, I've been trying to track down like where the pay comes from. You know, like if that's found in, in our holy books or that's like a later development. But these letters, Goshna, Gimel, Shin, Nun, Hey, the letters on the dreidel. Goshna's, those letters of the Gematria Mashiach, same numerical value as Mashiach. B'nai Soskar has a long essay about this. So what does it mean that the Jewish people lived in Eretz Mitzrayim, Eretz Goshna? Ishbitzer writes, Meshilach writes, Parshas Vahigash, make up your mind. 
Did they live in Eretz Mitzrayim or they lived in Eretz Goshna? It doesn't say they lived in Eretz Mitzrayim Be'ir Goshna, Be'ir Goshen. It doesn't say that they lived in Mitzrayim, the land of Mitzrayim, the country of Mitzrayim, in the city or in the, in the town of Goshen, Kfar Goshen. It says they lived in Eretz Mitzrayim, Eretz Goshen. And what that means is that the Jewish people were able to carve out in Eretz Mitzrayim their own little country. <laughs> That's what it means. That in Mitzrayim they were able to create a space. Now this answers a whole host of questions. You know, there's a famous Shla Kadosh. The Shla asks, how could it be that Moshe Rabbeinu got prophecy in Mitzrayim? We know that Nevuah only is in Eretz Yisrael and only certainly begins in Eretz Yisrael. Tosos are Yeretz and Moed Katan that Yechezkel, Yechezkel had famous Nevuos on the Bavel. Yechezkel had, had Nevuos by the, by the Naharos Bavel after they were taken to, to exile. How is that possible? So Tosu says in one answer, he already received the in Eretz Yisrael. Once you get in Eretz Yisrael, you can have after. Moshe Rabbeinu, how did he get? So the Shlach Kaddish has this whole thing. He says that there's different answers. You could say that wherever the Jewish people are, that is, meaning Eretz Yisrael is once the Jewish people go to Eretz Yisrael, then Eretz Yisrael is Eretz Yisrael. But before there is an Eretz Yisrael, and it's still Eretz Canaan, so wherever the Jewish people are, that is where the Nevoah is going to be. And there's other answers also. But you could also understand that what the Shlah is really telling us is that they were able to carve out this place called Goshen, which was a different land. It wasn't part of Mitzrayim. I mean, it started as part of Mitzrayim. So the Mishalach says, they were to come to this place of Goshen. So this is a Chashev thing. This is for my, my brothers listening from outside the land, whether you're listening in audio or you're joining us now on Zoom, and sisters also. See some, some good people uh, listening in from far away. And it's also for us that a person could be in Eretz Mitzrayim, or a person could even be in Eretz Yisrael but not have a Beis HaMikdash, and carve out a little space of Beis HaMikdash. And carve out a little space. Rabbi Nachman said that a person should have a makom, they should have a place where they, it's a place where they go to serve Hashem place. Wherever you are, at whatever stage of life you're at, you should have a place where you go to serve Hashem. Now maybe you have many places where you serve Hashem, but you should have a specific place where you go to serve Hashem. Rabbi Nathan said, if you don't have one, you can, you can even make that place under your covers in your bed. So he said, you decide that under my covers in my bed, that is my special room for serving Hashem. That is the Eretz Goshen that a person carves out in Eretz Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim doesn't mean Egypt. Mitzrayim means constriction. Mitzarim. Constriction. The Bisa Mikdash is a place of expansion. It's a place where, as long as people were being humble, that no matter how many people were there, when the Eden would prostrate themselves on the floor, there was enough room for everybody. It's the opposite of Mitzarim. It's a place of unbelievable revach. Eretzchem datova urchava. Eretz Yisrael is the opposite of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim means constriction. A person should have a place where they're able to go. Every single one of you, homework. Every single one of you should have a place. And you should know where it is. You should not have to think. You say, you should have a place where you go to serve Hashem. That means you're having a rough day. You're having a, 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 a rough go. You did something silly. You said something silly. A place where you can pick yourself up. 
walk over to that place, sit down on that bench, wherever it is, and go start over again. Go from a place of constriction to a place of expandedness. To go from a place of Mitzrayim to a place of Goshna, a place of Harchava, a place which is connected to Eretz Yisrael. A place where you can have a Neska Dol. You can have a Neska Dol that'll be in that place. That's all we have time for, my friends.